Let's take off, baby. Let's just drive, honey, into the night sky, to the sunset shine, into the day, baby. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. Let's go traveling. This is Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. What could be better than this? A trip to downtown Royal Oak and a taco festival. I can't wait. A small waterfront town in southwest Michigan is getting ready to host the best beach party of the year. For an experience that's above the rest, head to the Keweenaw Peninsula. And there's still time to take in the King Tut exhibit in Detroit. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Let's go traveling. Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. Good to be back with you again this week as we uh, look into some of the things that you're going to want to do this summer here in Pure Michigan. And man, oh man, we have a good lineup for today. So let's get right to it because you're going to want to hear about this brand new event coming to the Royal Oak area. Let's bring in Jonathan Witz, producer from Jonathan Witz and Associates, grand producer of events and festivals and such. John, it's great to talk to you. Dave, so good to talk to you as well. And uh, yeah, just excited about uh, a new one uh, that we're we're bringing, uh, you know, in in relation to community events. So thanks for uh, letting me on your, your show this morning. Hey, I have to first uh, thank you for the work you did in the uh, the worst times of COVID. You were very instrumental in putting together the safety protocols for events and for uh, for the entire state. And thank you so much for what you do. So with that, you know, you were brought in for that, that advice because you're so good at doing what you do. Tell us about this new event. Sure. So it, it is, uh, as stated, uh, it is... Uh, the Royal Oak Taco Fest. So, you know, I, I, I would start with the tacos. I mean, we, we will have, uh, and we do have one of the best taco lineups that you'll see in one place at, at one time. And I'll, I'll list some of them, you know, from, uh, uh, El Taco Velez to Galindo's, uh, to Peace Love Tacos to Tacos El Caballo, the taco trucks aboard Latino. We'll have vegan tacos with Vegan Nova, the Torta Express, uh, special, you know, Spanish corn from the Drunken Rooster, uh, Cosmic Burrito will be there, Buffy's Mexican, and some other, you know, non-taco restaurants doing tacos. So it'll be a a taco uh, extraordinaire experience. And, and, you know, one of the things that pairs well with tacos, of course, is tequila. So we'll have tequila sampling, we'll have frozen margaritas, we'll have, uh, you know, Mexican beers uh, out there and and those are, are are being, you know, curated and will be announced shortly. So mm-hmm. I, I have to lead with the tacos, Dave, and yeah. uh, promise we won't let uh, taco fans down. Well, you know, as you were naming off all these restaurants, I was thinking, hold it, I, I know a, a couple of them. So so kind of lead us through here. Um, is this going to be like a food truck festival, or how are you going to lay this all out? Well, so sure. I, I think there are a lot of events that are 
you know, food truck driven and, and that's what they are. And I think one of the things that we, you know, have tried to do as festival producers is, you know, is mix in, you know, other entertainment and and we'll have three great stages. We'll have strolling mariachi band. So this will be laid out. I'll, I'll go back to your question though. It'll be laid out in the center of Royal Oak off center street, mm-hmm. fifth street, uh, bordered by Maine on one side um, it'll be in the area where the national music stage is at Arts, Beats, and Eats, and we will have taco trucks everywhere, but we will have three stages of music, as I said, strolling mariachi bands, we'll have uh, mariachi cristal, uh, Grupo Illusion, uh, Mirage Versioso, and the Better Things Band. We'll have uh, 75 Days of Sun, Leaving Lifted, the Clouds Band, uh, so many oh. Uh, we're we're about to announce our our music lineup, and it'll all be you know on on our website. But there'll be great music, there'll be family activities. Uh, we definitely will have a kids area as well. Uh, we're going to have a you know kind of a, a water attraction that we're hmm. you know working on as as being over Fourth of July weekend. You know we want to keep things cool, so we'll have uh, you know some type of uh, splash zone pad that will be there. So you know we're going to try and keep it cool. We're, we're definitely going to infuse music into our Taco Fest, and, and we're just excited about it. We think we're in a great location, and, um, you know, the city has really embraced us, and, and, and tickets are selling. We're selling advanced tickets on our website. They're $7 in advance and $10 at the door, and, and you know, we have, you know, thousands of tickets already sold, and we're expecting, you know, twenty five to 30,000 people a day. Well, Royal Oak is such a great town, and, and you're doing so many things with them. You mentioned Arts, Beats, and Eats and the Winter Blast as well, and and you seem to have really found a little home there for some really great events. I'm looking forward to this one maybe specifically because if you're looking for a judge to uh, help you out with the best taco, I know somebody that can help out. Well, you know what? We will absolutely be that. So we, I would like to officially invite you uh, to be a judge. And, and we, we will have, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because it reminded me that we're going to have hot pepper eating contests. You know, we're going to have um, general taco eating contests. We'll, we'll, we will be having our patrons uh, vote for their best taco and they can win uh, an all-expense weekend to the Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort, our, our presenting sponsor just for voting. Um, we're going to bring in Lucha Libre Wrestling, which is, <laughs> you know, a, a lot of uh, fun. And, and you know, for, with tacos, you got to have some entertainment that's cheesy, right, Dave? So. <laughs> that, yeah, that, that makes total sense. I, lo- I love that, uh, that, that mix there. So we're talking July 1st through July 4th, right, to the 4th of July. All about yeah, uh, tacos. That sounds like a great time, too. Yeah, four days, and, and we think there's enough demand for this to, you know, to run it four days. And, and you know, historically, Michigan was a big food weekend. There was the Michigan Taste Fest that had, you know, been um, in Midtown, you know, for for many years. And, and that, I think there there's a void there. And, and we, we think we might, you know, catch folks that, you know, aren't going up north oh, for yeah. the weekend. And, yeah. you know, I think we're, we're going to have great, great crowds, and, and we're excited about this one. I agree. July 1st through 4th, it's the big Taco Fest in Royal Oak. That website is royaloaktacofest.com. And our thanks to Jonathan Witz for being with us today. I can't wait. Tell you what else I can't wait for. Big beach event in southwest Michigan. We'll tell you about that next And Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org.
Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. One of the best things about this job is that I literally do get all over the state all the time, meet so many people, get to see so many cool things. And here's the thing, you know, at this time of the year, I hope you're going to get out there and kind of follow me along the way. Check out some of these places that I get to see, call it work. You can call it fun and you can spend more time there too. And that's the whole idea about traveling Michigan. Get out there, have a great time, meet some new people and see some old friends and experience life here in Pure Michigan. We're going to head next to the Southwest Michigan area because there's a little town there that is going to promise you the best beach party of the year. Let's find out about that by bringing in Millicent Huminski. She is the executive director of the Southwestern Michigan Tourism Council or Tourist Council. Millicent, it's good to have you with us today. It's good to be with you today. So I need to know about this. I understand that Waco Beach in Little Old Bridgman, not the biggest town in America, uh, over there in southwest Michigan, you're, you're going to be hosting a, a big party, so to speak. But before we get to the details of the party, I want to find out how it all came about. Because I understand you've been you've been um, working on this kind of maker's trail for a while, and the two are connected. So tell us about the history of the maker's trail first. Well, the maker's trail, uh, about six years ago, we published a map and developed the maker's trail, and it's grown today it was with the explosion of breweries wineries distilleries and cider makers in Berrien county and now we're up to almost 50 and we didn't want to collectively have you know a wine trail and a beer trail it would splinter it and so we came up with the makers trail and a couple of years in with the makers trail we came up with the makers trail passport program uh, which you can pick up the passport it's actually going to be on an app this year and so you travel to different makers and collect stamps for really cool rewards like gift certificates to go back to the makers, t-shirts, hoodies, that kind of thing. And if you spend the night in a hotel, you can be in a drawing for one of five grand prize vacation packages. And a spinoff from that was the Makers Trail Festival. Hmm. And it actually started, uh, we had Makers Trail Festival for two years and then COVID hit. So Hmm. it went on hiatus for two years and now it's finally coming back this year. So we're extremely excited. It is a fantastic beach party that everyone will enjoy. Yeah, it sounds like it. And, and of course, there's a lot of ways to define makers. Makers, we usually, you know, sometimes think of, you know, artists or craftspeople. But in this case, we're talking about, you know, craft beer, um, wineries, uh, distilleries, meteries, things like that. And, and where do they come from? I mean, where are they located? What communities in that southwest Michigan area? They're literally located all over the Berrien County area. So Buchanan, New Buffalo, Baroda, St. Joe, Benton Harbor, Stevensville, throughout the countryside. Mm, and I, it's, you yeah. know what it's been, the growth that's been interesting is that, you know, when the breweries came on and they came on in a big way, I mean, I think we had more than 10 breweries that opened within the first five years of yeah. when it started, but it spears other development as well, because now we have, you know, we're big in agriculture anyway, so now we have hops farms that have popped up throughout southwest Michigan. Yeah, that's pretty cool that they're actually growing their hops to be used for the uh, the beer production, and and they're, it's just more more for the agriculture industry to benefit from people's interest in locally crafted products. And, you know, wineries are the same way. So Berrien County is the number one producer 
of wine grapes in the state of Michigan. So they go hand in hand. And so economic development works all the way around, whether we're talking about manufacturing, agriculture, or tourism. It all works. Yeah, I think I've told you, my my wife is from Berrien Springs is where she grew up. And still, every so often, we will just come into the area in the fall, drive through the the grapes and, you know, the other orchards and such, uh, and just kind of take in the aroma of the fields. It's it's really fun. And then we will stop in at some of these places and do a little shopping and such, and it's a blast. So for this event, you, you kind of transitioned from, you know, just encouraging people to check out the Maker's Trail at any time of the year to do it during this event. So your big beach party is going to be on June 11th this year. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, June 11th from what time to what time? 1 to 9 p.m. Yeah, and this is at um, Waco Beach. Tell us about Waco Beach. I know it's in Bridgman, but that's that's about all I know. Yep, Waco Beach in Bridgman. Um, it's, it actually has uh, it's a 900-foot beach along Lake Michigan, and it mm. actually has a trail that people can walk from Waco to Warren Dune State Park or the reverse, Warren Dune State Park to Waco. And it is a um, small community of Bridgman, but it's a beautiful beach, as yep. any beaches along Lake Michigan. Yeah, especially that state park is really wonderful. So uh, basically people will be able to park there, and it's within walking distance to Waco Beach? There actually are designated parking areas, and then you will be shuttled into the beach. Oh, very good. Okay. So what can we expect once we get there? Um, obviously, you're going to have, you know, the products, uh, you know, the crafted products, but are we talking food, music, what else? We're talking food trucks. We're talking music. So we have four bands lined up, Pablo's Great Revenge, the Tribute Band, Red Deluxe Band, and Top Secret. And it doesn't stop there, though. You can try your favorite local food trucks, which will be dishing out summer flavors that will go perfectly with wine, beer, cider, and spirit choices. It sounds like fun. Are there going to be games on the beach as well? There won't be games on the beach. It is, I mean, it's a well-attended event. Uh, we've had, you know, a couple thousand people that have yeah, been no room in the past. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like it's... You can roam the beach. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Roam the beaches, right. Everybody wants to do that in that area. It's such a beautiful area. And I have to tell you, I, I was recently with you in Benton Harbor, you know, Benton Harbor is one of those towns that, it, that it's got a bad rap because of the past. But I was so impressed to see how the town has continued to uh, to grow and build up. And, you know, there are still some open storefronts like a lot of our, our cities have. But uh, I was really impressed to see what's happening there. And as part of that visit, I stayed at the Inn. What is that called? The Inn? Of the Inn what? at Harbor Shores. The Inn at Harbor Shores. And I know that had this spectacular golf course there. I was really impressed. And speaking of the golf course, the Senior PGA Championship, uh, we also missed out in 2020. Um, but the Senior PGA Championship is returning this year, the 25th through the 29th, to the golf course at Harbor Shores. Um, so we're excited about that. Yeah, we think, uh, you know, the Whirlpool folks have done such a great job to to bring that, that great event and bring those senior players in. And, and I have to tell you, you just have to check out that golf course, whether you come for that event um, in a year or, or just any other time of the year, because it's just really beautiful. And it kind of meanders through various, you know, communities. It's kind of over like multiple communities, pretty unique. And then check out that whole area. We also had some folks from St. Joe there at the event you and I were at. And I know that's a bustling town this time of year as well. 
It is. It is. I mean, the whole area is doing so well. We lost very little uh, retail and businesses uh, during the last two years, which is remarkable considering what everybody has gone through. And, yeah, the Harbor Shores Golf Course is located in Benton Harbor, Stevensville and Benton Charter Township. And it has holes that run along the Pawpaw River in Lake Michigan. I mean, it's outstanding. Beautiful. A beautiful venue. And I really love the way it was all laid out as well. And so, so you need to check that out. Just kind of plan a, plan a weekend there or plan a week there. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of websites here. To find out more about the entire region, go to the Southwest Michigan Tourism Council website. It is swmichigan.org. That's SW as in Southwestern, michigan.org. And then to find out more about this big party at Waco Beach in Bridgman as part of the Makers Trail Festival, You'll want to go to that website specifically, and I know Millicent was saying that um, you can actually, you know, get your your tickets in advance and such by going to makerstrailfestival.org. You're going to love it, and you are going to want to spend a little time there. I'm just telling you, you're going to be surprised. You're going to love it, and uh, I will also recommend, as I mentioned with my wife and I always do, just check out the farm fields. Check out that that really rich agriculture heritage that is in the area. I think it's surprising, it's wonderful, and it makes the experience that much better. Speaking about a great experience, we're heading up to the Keweenaw next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We're going to head up to the UP next to one of my favorite places. Actually, this is one of my favorite places all time of anywhere. I'm serious. I'm not just saying that because we're going there and our guest is is listening to me right now. And I'm sure he knows I'm sincere because he knows the absolute beauty and interesting history of the Keweenaw Peninsula. Let's head up there, up to the Keweenaw next, to talk to Brad Barnett. He is the executive director of the Keweenaw Convention Visitors Bureau, the voice from the south, from way up north. How you doing, Brad? Oh, I'm doing well, Dave. Thanks for having me today. And uh, honestly, if you don't love the Keweenaw, um, then uh, you spend a lot of time getting someplace you d- you don't want to be. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's it. There's one thing about that. For the vast majority of Michigan's population, the Keweenaw Peninsula is a ways away. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know, I mean, we're uh, you know a seven-hour drive from Traverse City, if that tells you anything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in order to get here, you really you really need to want to get here. Yeah. Uh, but once you do, I think, just like a lot of people, I think you fall in love with the Keweenaw. That's what happened to me coming up here, uh, oh, I don't know, eight years ago, fell in love with the place originally from Kentucky, as you kind of hinted at there. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then we just fell in love with it because it's a magical place to be year-round. really is. And, you know, the nice thing about the Upper Peninsula, wherever you're going to, you are in the middle of it already, this absolute stunning beauty and interesting cool places with tremendous history. And I guess I'd like to start out talking about the Keweenaw by talking about the history. Um, This is copper country. Tell us what that means. Yeah. So the Keweenaw, right, is located in the heart of Lake Superior. But what really brought people up during the 
early 19th century, the 1800s, 1850s, uh, was uh, the discovery of abundant copper. Um, and so uh, the, the Keweenaws is actually home to one of the United States' first real big mineral booms when, um, when, when travelers from all across the world, uh, you know, Europe predominantly came uh, to mine the red metal. And so uh, there was a huge copper boom, um, really beginning in the 1850s, and, uh, and, and that helped develop and, and, and really build the area's population. At one point in time, actually, Houghton County had the, had the second largest population of any county in Michigan, second only to Wayne County. So if that tells you anything, there were a lot of people up here doing a lot of mining. Of course, that built other industries like the shipping industry and the timber industry. Um, but um, in about the, the, the mid-1950s, uh, the copper mining industry really collapsed. The price of copper fell, um, and so the industry busted, um, and so there was a huge population decline. Well, today, a lot of the legacy of that industry still remains in the Keweenaw, right? So there are several mines that you can come and explore and tour. Um, but probably uh, one of the most exciting and fun things to do is stop off at the Keweenaw National Historical Park uh, located in, uh, in Calumet, Michigan. It's one of two national parks in the Keweenaw. Um, and uh, here you can actually learn uh, through yeah. national park rangers the history of the Keweenaw's copper mining uh, heritage and then go visit some really cool things like underground copper mines and different historical sites in the area. Well, the, the kind of the Welcome Center Museum, I don't know what they describe it as, but that is a must stop. I mean, when you're coming into the Keweenaw, I don't know if that's in Calumet, don't remember. But when you get there, yeah. you have to go to that. Tremendous exhibits. And then with what you learn there, go out and then see what's really out there. Yeah, absolutely. That That's the start of your journey. You're going to cross the Portage Lake Lift Bridge. You'll get in the to, to historic Calumet. And you'll go to the visitor center, the headquarters of the Keweenaw National Historic Park. And unlike a lot of parks, right? There's no defined geographical boundary. You go to Calumet, you go to the business center, you talk to the rangers there, you go through three stories uh, of exhibits to kind of learn the history and the background. And then what's cool about the Keweenaw National Historic Park is, is then you go out into the copper country and you explore uh, 20 plus heritage sites, including the historic Quincy Mine uh, or the A.E. Siemens Mineral Museum, right, where you get to check out a lot of cool geology. Uh, and you go in and you just explore, right? And that's what makes this a unique experience is that you, you don't cross the boundary and leave the park. The entire Keweenaw is actually a national historic park and you get to go out and explore it. Yeah, it, and it's such a unique place. It's a small area by land mass, you know, compared to the rest of the state, but there's a lot packed in there. I mean, from the history that you mentioned, and you just touched on a little bit of it, and I know we both know that, you think then yeah. about the nature experiences, the the active experiences that you can have. Tell us a little bit about both nature and ways that you can be in the midst of nature while being active at the same time. Yeah. Uh, well, the beauty of the Keweenaw is, uh, you know, is that all year round, it's a destination for people to go out and explore the beauties of nature, right? No matter how active you want to be, this is a destination that you'd want to explore. We've got hundreds of miles of Lake Superior shoreline, which includes, of course, a lot of public beaches that you can go out uh, and, and enjoy. And, you know, Lake Superior is a little cool this time of year, Dave. You might not want to jump in it quite yet, but come mm -hmm. summertime, it's a great place to relax and experience one of the freshest waters that you'll find in the United States, for sure. Absolutely. Um, but we... Yeah, but we have uh, hundreds of miles, if you will, of, of trails to explore, whether it's by foot, 
or pedal or paddle or bike, uh, however you want to do it right, this is a great place to explore. And so one of the things that we really take pride in is, you know, having more than 100 miles of single track trail to explore. Everybody knows that, you know, if you're a mountain biking enthusiast, Copper Harbor is certainly on your bucket list of coming out to experience. But, uh, you know, we've got 60 miles of single track uh, outside of Copper Harbor, so you can bike no matter what your your capacity or skill level is. Uh, But really, I mean, the main thing about the Keweenaw is just getting out and really experiencing just natural ubiquitous beauty. It's one of the few places left in the United States to where you can truly get out in the wilderness and experience it, um, you know, it, in a way that, you know, it, it's really hard to find in other areas. And, and probably the jewel of that is, is our Royal National Park. Mm, yeah, true. And, and I know that, you know, like everything else this last or everywhere else this last couple of years, people just just can't get enough of parks right now, state parks, national parks, local parks. And and Isle Royal is super busy right now. Can you still get on Isle Royal and maybe just do the the hiking and tent camping? You, you can. Um, it is certainly something that you can do, but I would advise anyone interested in visiting Isle Royal, which is for your listeners who are not familiar with it as an island in the middle of Lake Superior, mm-hmm. uh, that, that you need to start planning early and often. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's one of... Uh, the least visited national parks in the United States. Uh, however, uh, its popularity has increased over the last couple of years as travelers have sought out remote destinations and outdoor experiences. And, and it's a place that um, uh, certainly, you know, if you're an avid camper, uh, a backpacker, a wildlife enthusiast, uh, a paddler, you know, this is a fantastic place to go to and experience, but it's a little hard to get to because it's in the Lake Superior, yeah. which means uh, you can only access it, uh, you know, by ferry, by boat, or by seaplane, you're not going to drive your cars to get there. Um, And you want to make sure you plan ahead because um, even though it's remote and it's small, um, it's starting to kind of book up. There is a lodge there that you can stay overnight, but, you know, that's getting pretty busy there too. So I would encourage interested parties, check them out online, uh, make sure you look at the logistics of how to get there, uh, and then make sure you book early and often. Yeah, a couple couple of ways to take it by ferry, a couple of places, either Houghton-Hancock or way up there at the tip of the uh, Keweenaw as well. But I have to tell you, everybody needs to get there one of these days because it's a special experience. I, I can't think of anywhere else I've been in the world, and I've been to a lot of places, where once you're there, uh, all you can hear is nature. You know, there there's nothing artificial. You might be able to hear like a generator after a couple of days on the other end of that very big island because your ears become so attuned to hearing you know, the wind blowing through the trees and the seabirds, and you're going to see moose. You might even hear or see a wolf occasionally. It is a yeah, special, uh, special place. It, it truly is, and, and really, especially if, um, you know, if you have young children um, that appreciate getting out in the outdoors, this is the place to do it. Uh, there, there is no cell phone connectivity once you get on the island. If you're, if you can stay at a lodge and they have cell phone access, but this is a place to truly disconnect and and you're absolutely right once you get out on the trails uh you're probably more likely to see a moose than another person yep uh there are are wolf spottings um uh uh, from time to time but the wolves like to kind of keep their distance but it's truly a place to where you can just sit on a shoreline uh, and peer off into lake superior and and feel um just disconnected from the rest of the world And, and some of us need that 
you know, sometimes. Some of the time we need to put our phones away uh, and maybe not be able to check that email. We need that excuse to be able to say, ah, you know, I'm off the grid today. And so this this is a place you can you can truly do that. There's 165 miles of hiking trails uh, to explore. Uh, take some planning, but it's truly a bucket list experience for, I think, all Michiganders. Absolutely. As is visiting the Keweenaw Peninsula, there are so many other things to do, so many other things to see. You would not believe the views from vistas like the top of that beautiful mountain experience at the the end of the Keweenaw Peninsula. It's very, very special. So you need to find out all about this before you go. Know before you go. The website is kiwana.info. That is K-E-W-E-E-N-A-W dot info. Check it out. You'll love it. Our thanks to Brad Barnett for being with us today. We're heading to Detroit for Cool Exhibit next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We're making a big transition in guests and topics now. Here we were just way up there in the Keweenaw, in the middle of nature. Now we're heading to the big city. We're going to head to Midtown Detroit, to the Cultural Center of Detroit, to a fantastic museum with really important and a great story to tell. And temporarily, they have a really cool exhibit. So we'll get into all of that next. Let's bring in Edward Foxworth III. He is the Director of External Affairs for the Charles H. Wright Museum of African American History. Edward, it's great to have you on the program. Oh, it's so fantastic to be here. Thank you very much. Good to talk to you again. It's been a while, and I'm really happy that our museums are now fully open. We can get back into them. We can see these very important and inspirational uh, stories uh, in right in front of our face while we're there. There's no story, I think, more important to learn about in the Detroit area, even though, of course, going to Motown is the Motown Museum is important to hear about that history. The Henry Ford is incredible. But to learn about the African-American history here is such an important thing for people to know about, uh, especially now more than ever with all this social misunderstanding and failure to, to even try to accept each other. So yeah. thank you for what you do. Tell us about the Charles H. Wright. Well, I tell you what, I, I appreciate that uh, that overview, and um, and and we certainly are looking forward to having as many people uh, take the time to kind of just slow down, enjoy culture, uh, get more history and understanding, um, so that we can you know build acceptance and unity uh, along the way. Um, the Charles H. Wright Museum uh, actually celebrating 56 years uh, this year. We opened in. Uh, 1997, 55 years, excuse me, uh, in 1997. Um, and so uh, we're really excited about uh, that celebration and, and being able to acknowledge Dr. Charles H. Wright's uh, vision of having a, a uh, museum where individuals can come and learn and uh, and hopefully grow at the same time. Uh, we have a number of exhibits here, a number of programs, educational uh, opportunities. Um, you know, we have authors coming through and um, musicians and, and so forth. And so we're really uh, excited about our year-long uh, calendar of events and activities that people can get involved with, as well as deciding to just become uh, a regular member. And 
uh, and so uh, we're really looking forward to people coming down. And, and you're so right. The, the whole idea of this critical race theory and all this other stuff that's out there that says we don't want to talk about American history. Um, you know, we're happy that uh, we're opening minds and changing lives uh, through the exploration and celebration of African-American history. Well, you know, if you don't accept the mistakes you've made in the past, you'll never you know, become better. And that's individually and collectively as society. And in this case, we get to see the story. Uh, I mean, the big story, everything from slavery to today. And if you're yeah. not emotionally stirred when you go into some of your permanent exhibits, you're just not thinking. Yeah, we, we get that a lot. Um, our And Still We Rise exhibit, which has been our permanent exhibit for quite some while, quite some time now, um, really does do that. Maybe very, uh, a whole lot of people know about our um, slave ship and uh, having uh, come through that and coming out on the other end uh, to see man's inhumanity to man um, and part of American's history, America's history, that... Um, yeah, you're right. You got to be able to say, okay, enough already. I mean, there's things that people didn't know, and we're so excited that so many young people from schools are are coming through from from across uh, the state, uh, and even even out of town, that they come to visit, they bring the young people, they get a chance to learn. We have police departments that come through for sensitivity training. We have organizations that do uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, who decide to either hold their their sessions here, their workshops, or they come through uh, to just simply have a meeting, and then they add a tour to that that whole visit. So uh, it really shows us that with the 300,000 people that come through on an annual basis, uh, that we're doing and saying some right things. Yeah. Well, you know, it just got me thinking about the building itself as well, which is quite stunning. When you when you step inside, I don't know what you call that that big round room. Is it a rotunda? Rotunda. Yeah, yeah. rotunda. That is really, that's an interesting experience too. And, and yeah. I've seen school groups, they come in and they kind of circle around and and it, it just offers some really great educational opportunities. So I really recommend people check out the Charles H. Wright at any time of the year. But you have a new exhibit there right now, the King Tut exhibit. Talk about something that everybody should would really want to check out. Yeah. Wow. I, I'm so glad you brought that up. We are uh, super excited about our King Tut uh, exhibit. It, it is called uh, King Tutak Commons, um, Wonderful Things from a Pharaoh's Tomb. And this is, um, you know, 20, 2022 marks the 100th anniversary of, of the discovery of the tomb hmm. uh, of what is referred to as the boy Pharaoh, uh, King Tut. Um, and um, it is housed in, in two uh, exhibit spaces, two galleries, and uh, AT&T and our Chase Gallery, which really takes up a considerable amount of space um, in our in our museum. And we're so happy and don't want to name drop, but feel that we have to because all of this was made possible by Rocket Community Fund. Yeah. So we're really excited, you know, about their contribution. But it's divided into five sections. That we have an introduction to ancient Egypt and then uh, an archaeological discovery. Um, there's a private pharaoh, a public pharaoh, and then, of course, um, the royal burial. And um, throughout these two galleries, there are more than 130 reproductions of the uh, 
sacred and personal possessions, the artifacts that uh, that King Tut had, um, from a chariot to a, a child's chair, um, all of this gold. Um, and we take people on a journey to let them see um, this tunnel, almost, uh, of a uh, of a tomb that uh, that you travel down into to be able to uh, get closer to where his uh, his actual you know, casket light. Wow. Well, if I remember right, obviously he was young, um, often called the, the like the puppet ruler or something like that, yeah. because and his father, uh, before he passed on, had started to make all these, you know, radical changes in society, um, you know, with art and with um, everything. And then yeah. here he was left with the, the need to, to continue that transition. And people didn't take that very well. No, not at all. Um, there was a whole lot of that that um, that really kind of rubbed people the wrong way, and and uh, the the boy king uh, started at age nine and uh, and ruled for nine years until uh, he died at age eighteen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had uh, a really uh, big um, responsibility in that he had to shoulder, and uh, and so we're happy to have people come through, see it learn about Egypt's 18th dynasty, and uh, really get a lot of information. The kids are really enjoying it, though. I, I have to point that out. We have plenty of adults that come through, and we're happy about that. Um, but uh, even on Thursday nights, we stay open late till 7 p.m. and provide free admission for kids uh, up to the age of 13 to come with uh, a parent or adult and, uh, and get in to get a chance to see uh, this wonderful exhibit. I can't wait to see it myself. What are what are um, we only have a couple seconds? But what what's the ticket price to get into the Charles H. Wright typically? Right now, uh, individuals, <clears throat> excuse me, can get into the museum for twenty five dollars. That includes the entire museum, any programs that are going on. The store is open, but we have uh, several exhibits. So, in Still We Rise is our permanent exhibit, King Tut, and then we have the Tuskegee uh, National Museum, which is housed mm-hmm. here inside of the Wright Museum. So, you kind of get a real diverse um, opportunity. And lo and behold, in a couple of weeks, we got some other galleries that are coming online. Um, you know, the forty fourth president, um, uh, visions of the 44th president, and uh, a couple of other things. So uh, we encourage people to go to our website uh, to really find out about all the exciting programs and activities, which is www.theright.org. Theright.org. That's W-R-I-G-H-T.org. Our thanks to Edward Foxworth for being with us today. And that's all the time we have for Travel Michigan. We'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's go traveling.